Just speak, well, you don't speak louder. Speak a little louder now. Speak a little louder now. I don't know if that's going to make a difference. This will make a difference. This will make a difference. It's built in. I'm pumping up the jam. Pump it up. Punch up. Punching up the jam. Ha ha. We're good. All right. We're going to do it and find out what happens. We'll find out. Just speak loud. There we go. That works. Yeah. Just don't whisper. That, that's not the wrong, <laughs> wrong. Right. Anyways, welcome. Hi, it's the Media Boat Podcast. Today is November 7th, 2018. We're this in is... November now. Yes, that is that is true. I'm on this side of the couch now because it's November. Oh, is that is that why? No, that's not why. I don't know. We <laughs> used to like change it up a lot more often. Like We didn't necessarily have set sides. We, we did. Like I, I made you sit. Subconscious. I made you sit. No, I made you specifically sit. You might not have noticed it, but I made you specifically sit. It's creepy. Anyways. I manipulated you. Sorry. It's November 7th, 2018. This is episode 148 or 68. Wait. 50s. Where are we? We're in the 50s still. 58, I think. No. Like 52. We're low 50s. You sure? Yeah. Wow, we're off to a great start, clearly. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, Clearly. Yeah, all sorts of chaos happening here. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, if you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is... And I sure is, don't. We're at a weird time today. Uh, but uh, it's if been daylight savings time happened. Yes. But if you're listening to the audio version, you wouldn't know that. Um, I but just if told you're watching, you, now you know. <laughs> but if you're watching live on YouTube... Thank you for watching. Well, first of all, uh, thank you. But second of all, to finish my sentence... Uh, I'm not going to let you finish that sentence. Yeah. Uh, Clearly, uh, I'm not going to let you. We're a little earlier than usual. Uh, that's because we're just trying to figure out what the time is. Uh, we'll get back to you guys on our social media accounts when that will be permanent like. Uh, but we'll find out. Uh, but in the meantime, hi, it's Media Boat Podcast. If you don't know what we are, we are a podcast that is about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. Uh, we give you news and our thoughts about the most recent releases in all four categories. So let's, uh, oh, my, I'm Matt, he's Mike. I'm Mike, he's Matt, new location. Yeah, and new, new studio. But so. we forgot our mic, so hopefully this audio comes out decent. Yes, uh, hopefully you can hear us if you can't tell us. Yes, leave comments, give yes. us feedback. Absolutely. Uh, tell us how our feedback is to your yes. feedback. All the feedback. Feedback loop, because we're about to get some um, unwanted passengers walking by, I guess. Unless they want to crawl. Yeah, fine. They could crawl. Anyways, anyway. so let's just get... <laughs> let's stop this extremely long intro and get right into it. Let's talk about movies. And okay. we always start talking about movies with the last weekend's box office numbers. And it's... Was new all across the board, pretty much. Yeah, uh, our top five, almost complete refresh, uh, topped with your number one movie, a new debut this week. None other than Bohemian Rhapsody debut is at number one, like we said it would. Yep, we um, called it. To $51 million. That's that's, that's impressive. It's okay. Um, your number two movie is the Disney's Nutcracker uh, with $20 million. Not spectacular. Probably not what they were looking for. I mean, not from Disney's perspective, but no. from forecasts, it's about on the point. Okay. Well, that makes sense. 
Uh, Nobody's Fool comes in at number three at $13 million. That's a bomb. Yeah, not great. Uh, your top, your returning uh, movies this week, uh, number four, Star is Born with another $11 million, down from number one the last two weeks. Uh, two. Was it number two last week? Yes, because our number five movie was number oh, one right, last right, week. Oh, right, 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 you're right. And then Halloween uh, rounds up your number five, uh, rounds up your top five at number five with $10 million to add to its 150 smackers, uh, million smackers, I should say. Uh, so yeah, uh, pretty predictable this week. Bohemian Rhapsody is your yep. number one movie. We had three big releases coming out and basically swept out everything that came out in October. But yeah. A Star is Born, in the top five for the whole of October. Yeah, impressive. Congratulations, uh, Rocket Raccoon. Yes. Uh, so speaking of Bohemian Rhapsody, you saw that. Do you want to talk about that now? Or later? I don't know. I'm giving you the option here. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna, flexible uh, show. Yes, I'm going to talk about it now. All right, so yes, you saw Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, biopic yes. about Freddie Mercury and Queen. Yes. Um, what do you think? I'm not sure if I like this. <laughs> okay. I can see why it's getting 50% across the board. Seems like everybody's really I can see really why nice. it's being middled, mm-hmm. uh, middle of the road, because it never commits to anything. It has that Tina Fey problem that you have mm-hmm. with her. Where it brings up topics, yeah. it's clearly trying to give a message, yeah. but never truly commits to anything. And that's a problem that I had with the film, right. where it's like, hey, here's the thing that happened, here's the thing that's going to happen because it's the movies, mm-hmm. here's these things that we're going to fast forward through, because they're not wholly relevant, but... Relevant to the case of Queen. Yeah. And then here's these long stretches of stuff that we feel is important for character building and world building. But at the same time, it's like too long of a stretch. Yeah. That's kind of a paraphrasing of what I've heard before. Basically people talking about like, yeah, it's it's it seems like it doesn't really want, doesn't know what kind of story it wants to tell. And it's trying to be like the... <laughs> Paint by like the the paint by numbers version yes. of the story, which is funny because they actually bright bring up a paint by numbers type of record that that uh, one of the producers for Queen wanted to make. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, we're Queen. We don't want to do a paint by numbers thing." I was like, <laughs> "Huh, that's kind of like the song. You don't really want to do a paint by numbers thing." And yet, and yet they clearly they do the paint by the beat by beat story structure. For these types of films, for you know, I think it's based hard. on true life. I think it's hard because they really, really wanted this to be something super mainstream. They did because mm-hmm. Queen, whether they want to admit it or not, is super mainstream. The mu- their music, their is. music is. But I feel like the story about Freddie Mercury and the band is not. Well, this goes into the whole pre-production problem of yeah. why this thing never got made because executive producer Brian May wanted this to be a story about. Queen, the band, and not necessarily Freddie Mercury, the person. It's a combination of that and also the stuff about like people immediately when they found out this was going to be released with a PG-13 rating, mm-hmm. everybody was like, oh, they're, they're not even going to go to the real things that happened yeah. and kind of give the weight necessary to the story being told. And so, yeah, I think those two things are definitely weighing the movie down. Oh, they definitely do. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, it doesn't hold back in terms of like... Promiscuity or um, flamboyancy. So yeah, Freddie Mercury gets to be Freddie Mercury. Rami Malek gets to be yeah. Freddie Mercury. <laughs> yes, that's fair. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, one of the things I am definitely going to ding this thing on okay. is the fact that I have two people playing Freddie Mercury. What? Yeah. That's not Rami Malek the entire time. There's a young Freddie Mercury, and oh. then there's Rami Malek Freddie Mercury okay. with the mustache. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, and it makes sense. You can't play a kid. You would think that, but they have the rest of the bandmates yeah. playing the same character the entire time. And that threw me for the like, like, why wouldn't you age them as well? Maybe you just think that the focal point being like, okay, well, no one's paying attention to everybody. Right, it's like they slowly push everyone to the background, which is not what the band queen is all about. The band queen. The band queen. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I gotta go this way now. band queen. (laughs) But yeah, um, okay. So, do you think... The question now is, like, regardless of the movie's quality, Rami Malek, does he get that Best Actor nomination? Originally, I was going to say yes. But now after you've seen it. But after I've seen it. Maybe not. Maybe not. He'll get the Golden Globe nomination because those are spread out. Right. I think depending if he wins, which he probably will, will kind of push him into that Best Actor nomination. But I feel like it's nothing like a... It's not a slam dunk. It's, it's not a home yeah, run. it's not as a home run, a much of a home run as we all thought of. Yeah, it's not the... Yeah. This is the performance. No question about it. Gary Oldman's going to win. <laughs> right. It's, it's not it's that. It's not that. Yeah. As much as like, everyone wanted it to be going into this thing, it's I, I don't feel that coming into it. There's yeah. definitely parts where I'm like, okay, this is your Oscar moment. Okay, this is where you're trying to do it. This is where I feel all that emotion coming from. And, yes, he does a great uh, lip-sync service to... Um, lip service, you mean? No, lip-sync service. Oh, you mean like he lip-syncs well? Yes, he okay. lip-syncs well. <laughs> okay. To Freddie Mercury songs. Yeah. To Queen songs. But overall, it's not the actual action persona that oozes out of him. Yeah. If You know what I mean? This does definitely feel like a um, a Golden Globe bait movie, not an Oscar bait movie. Yes. It sounds uh, like the stuff that the foreign press will eat up. Yes, but this is also because of the directorial problems behind the scenes. Right. Because, like, as we covered on this show, the real podcast. Yeah, this show. TM, this show. This show. Um, we've chronicled the troubles that Bohemian Rhapsody has gone through with the different actors coming in to play Freddie Mercury, to Brian Singer leaving with like a month left in production, yeah. to this story being chopped around for years, years, literal years, <laughs> almost a whole decade, to try and get this thing made the way the band Queen wants it, and not right. rather than how, based off a book, a biography, or something that's Freddie Mercury centered, but rather Queen. Yeah. And all that clashes, and you can see it in the film as it tries to stretch and pull into different aspects of how it's made, mm-hmm. of how of how what made the band successful. And then, like halfway through the movie, diverts into okay. Now that we see the band Queen grow, let's divert and strictly go into Freddie Mercury story now. Right. Before we bring it back around to Queen at Live Aid, mm-hmm. which people automatically argue is the greatest concert or the greatest 20 minute session ever for a band. Right. 
And that brings me to my final point of the film. They show pretty much the entire concert re like restructured in film. Okay. That's of, a weird choice. And I thought that was a weird choice. Yeah, that's a weird choice. Because it's not a concert film. Unlike the previous like previous bands we've seen, Katy Perry concert films where they have the concert and like the backstory film. This is like the full-on concert where they do like three or four songs in a row and it's like okay i get it you could probably roll credits while you're showing this but no but no i mean i guess i partially would understand like well how much of this movie is like a musical like how much of the music is it like is actually used there it's uh a lot of so they pretty much cover the entire queen's greatest hits Throughout this thing. Yeah. But as they do it, it's through them playing on stage to an audience. It's not like, oh, part, part of it is we're, we have the background of this in a studio, and then goes into, now we're playing this live in front of a, in front of a live audience. Uh-huh. So it, it ping-pongs back and forth between the creative process and the success that it has, that each song has, and... I want to say chronologically it's in order. I need a fact check on that. <laughs> because not every like hit was made like all on one album. It no. was... <laughs> it was several. 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 Yeah. But the soundtrack is definitely one of the best parts because it is Queen. It's hard to argue against that. Right, yeah. That's why people are going to see it. That's why you're going to go see it. Yeah. If you're going to see this, so you're going to see this thing because you like Queen, you like the Queen music. Mm-hmm. That's... Not going to really hold your attention as much. Mm-hmm. While it is interesting, I think a lot of people know what happens at the end. It's not like the super shocker mm-hmm. that, um, what was it, uh, Straight out of Compton was. Right, there's no reveal because it's a way more commonly known story. Yes, whereas Straight Outta Compton was not that not well known. that well known, depending on who you are, yeah. Yeah, which I feel Straight Outta Compton had the bigger impact, I would say. Oh, yeah, for sure. In getting this film made. Yes. I would think so. So, the moment has come. Oh, I On a patented media boat scale, you've got to rate this. A media boat scale. Is it uh, a pass? Is it a stream it? Or is it a go see this movie? Ooh, it's, this one's tough because... I have to compare this to A Star is Born. You do. And it would be the closest comp- comparable movie right now. Right. And if I have to tell you, you're, like, you're sitting there in front of, the, in front of the movie theater yeah. thinking like, Which I want to see? see this, but I haven't seen this yet. This one just came out. This one's been out for a while. I don't know what I want to see. And you just turn around and you just turn and ask me as I'm standing there mm-hmm. waiting in line. Which I wouldn't wait in line, but somehow I'm waiting in line. Somehow you're by the line. You're line adjacent. Yes, I'm line adjacent, waiting for someone to show up, and you just have to ask me, which one of these two movies should I see? Well, I know uh, your answer. My answer would be, I've seen both, and if you want my thoughts on it, go to mediabopodcast.com. No, obviously you would say Star is Born. I would say, I would say a Star is Born. But, but that's not my question. My question is, on that media boat scale, do you think people should go out and see this immediately? Which sounds like no. So, because the question is, do you think people should stream this? You or should pass stream. Really? It's okay. a streaming. 
Yeah. I can there's see this no... having a lazy la- lazy Sunday HBO Go movie. Yeah, because yeah. while there's a lot of information in this, fil- in this film, and while it's like a good insight into the band queen, there's nothing about this film that makes me say, you gotta go out, you gotta see this film. Right. You have to see it now, because you can get the same aspect of the same gist of the film by listening to Queen's Greatest Hits and scrolling through the Wikipedia page. I feel you could do the, that instead of paying to see the film. Whereas with A Star is Born, that's like, yeah, go see it. That's, that's a good film. Yeah. This is more of a well-told story than A Star is Born because this is actual based true life and there's actual like layers to it and deep threads. Hashtag true life. Hashtag true life. Uh, but nothing to really like run out and you have to go see it. Okay. Which is unfortunate to say. Yeah, it is. Because, you know, we were all hyped on this film. A lot of people were hyped on this film. And now it's just kind of like floppy. It's floppy. It's floppy. It's a floppy movie. Yeah. All right, well, that uh, will do it then. Uh, do, do we see anything else this week, movie-wise? Movie-wise? No, actually, I almost didn't see it. This film, uh, yeah. I went last night instead of going to the King's Game, which I should have gone because it's freaking one, four to one, gosh. Yeah. Uh, I did not see any films, so that means we get to move on to movie news. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, Actually, no, we no. skipped something. We have to talk about upcoming what, releases. What's coming up this week? Yes. This week's a weird one because we have movies. Uh, we actually have three relatively large movies coming out this week Okay. Uh, for all sorts of different audiences. Who do we have? The first of which... Get ready. Christmas season's here. The Grinch? Well, yes. I, I was getting there, but yes. You're getting ahead of my, my oh. segue there. Christmas time is already here. This is our first seasonal movie. Yeah, it's um, The Grinch, right? Yes, I know. That's getting the, there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying to do an intro to it. But okay, fine, yes. The Oh, sorry. They've been advertising the hell out of that thing. It's true. But yes, so it's like, how are we not going to say that to the film? Yes, true. That's the holiday film. All right. The Illumination produced uh, Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. We'll talk about Illumination in a little bit here. Yeah, we will. Uh, but yeah, that is out this week. Uh, that will probably be your number one movie next week. It's the family-friendly it's, animated film, yeah. The Grinch. Take your kiddos to go see it. Right. Illumination movies are also the ones that routinely make a billion dollars, so it's happening. Yes. These are the Minion people. Yeah, these are the Minion people. This well, is the Secret the, Life of Pets people. These are the Lorax people. And it's a, it's a well-known... Uh, franchise. It's a well-known property. Yep. Uh, I don't think that this movie. What was the other Doctor Seuss? Oh, Horton Hears a Who. Horton Hears a Who. Yeah. So those are the other ones. Way back when. Yes. But yeah, um, this is coming out. I don't know. Like I was going to say is like I don't think that this needs to exist. But no, it doesn't need to exist. But here we are, and they're making it. So who knows how this will go? But so you'll be able to see it this week. So this will actually end cap. Or at least continue the tradition of the Grinch, where we have the animated version, yeah. the live action with Jim Carrey, yeah. and now uh, the CG version. Yeah, all three. All three. Well, best one out of three, I suppose. Yes. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> also, this weekend, Overlord. Yeah. What is Overlord? Overlord is the J.J. Abrams produced oh, film. World War II thing. World War II zombie right. film that's supposed to exist within the Cloverfield world. Oh, okay. How they're going to shoehorn that? That in? Ask J.J. Abrams. You're going to have to see the film. I guess so. 
Then lastly, The Girl in the Spider's Web, which is a continuation of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series. Yes, this is the sequel to The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo that does not feature Rooney Mara or Daniel Craig. It's the other one, not the David Fincher one. It is right. the David Fincher one. Oh, wait, no, this is the David Fincher one? Yes. I thought the one you just described was the David Fincher one. Yes, he directed that one. He did not direct this one. Uh, that's, that's literally what I just asked. Oh, okay. Because there is a Swedish <laughs> version... Of right. the girl with the yeah. dragon tattoo so, okay. trilogy, but this, but this is a sequel to the American one, but it is not directed by David Fincher. I believe David Fincher is not directed, but okay. it definitely looks like it. Got it. All right. Okay. That that's really confusing, but now that makes sense. Different cast, different director. I believe so. Okay. But they needed to make this film in order to retain the rights. That makes sense. So these are your three movies uh, this weekend. So go see them, I guess, if you want to. All right. So you want to put a number on the Grinch? No. No? No. It's just going to be number one? Yeah, we just know it's going to be number one. I don't All really right. want to spend time on numbers. We're already running too slow right now. Oh, uh, we're not running let's anyway. Let's keep going. Speaking of not running, let's go to our first director here. Yes, our uh, uh, news. We're on to movie news. Our first story is about this guy in the corner here. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, our reigning Oscar uh, winner for Best Director. Uh, best Director and Best Picture. That's true. Also. Uh, for a shape. But I'm talking a about shape? the man, the not shape? the movie. Yes. The man. Yes, the man. The, the, not the myth. Speaking of The Shape of Water, which is what he won for, uh, he, uh, after that win, he took a step back and took the whole of 2018 off. Yep. Taking a little big, well-earned vacation. Well, he first he took a victory lap, saying, hey, mm-hmm. I won my Oscar. And then now he's, uh, so for the past several months, has not directed anything. Well... So, he did this because his father, unfortunately, was dying. Oh. And he wanted to be by his side in Mexico. He also initiated two scholarships for young Mexican filmmakers and opened an animation center that will open next year and help to restore a local cinema in his hometown. Oh, that's nice. So, he's been busy. Um, not necessarily stateside, but he's still been busy yeah. in the cinematic world. Uh, but, don't worry, he's still working because he has announced his next project. It will be a stop-motion musical of Pinocchio, set in the 1930s for, drumroll please, Netflix. Ooh, Netflix bottom? This will be due in 2021. Production on that is set to begin later this month. That's a long time in the future. I was going to say, that's three years from Three years in the future and Netflix, so who knows when we're going to see this. Who knows what Netflix will be like? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. In three years? Yeah, who knows. Uh, they're going to get a stop motion, I guess? It's interesting. I could understand. Uh, I mean, I know Pinocchio has been heavily adapted quite poorly the past couple of years. Yeah. But it's still a well-known story and easy to tell. But hey, stop motion. It's always interesting. Could be interesting. Uh, not from Leica, though, so... No. Guillermo del Toro, interesting. And his weird mind. We will see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, but That's next be weird. up, though, speaking of weird. Okay, what well, can it get weirder? Here's a weird story that I heard earlier to, uh, earlier today. All right. Um, that seems insane. Um, if you think not enough time has passed since 2001, well, you're wrong. Because 2001's Shrek is going to get rebooted. So... There are kids who are, I guess we can't call them kids anymore. There are young permit learners. <laughs> there are teenagers. Teenagers. Yes. Who have grown up in a world 
post Shrek. <laughs> right, exactly. There are people who are in high school right now that were born around at the time Shrek was released. Yes. Uh, Shrek conceived these kids. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Shrek had a lot of babies, apparently. Yes. Shrek was a, a banger back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. Uh, anyways, but guess what? Shrek is back. And Universal Shrek, Pictures... Uh, Shrek never left. <laughs> Shrek never left our hearts. Uh, Shrek, uh, so Universal Pictures is asking Chris Melodandry, uh, who we just uh, referenced, uh, director of Specifical Me and head of Illumination, yep. uh, to reboot both the Shrek and the Puss in Boots franchises for the big screen. The move comes after the studio's parent company, Dream, uh, sorry, Comcast bought DreamWorks Animation, uh, which we recorded. Uh, the studio's parent company, or right, uh, blah, 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 uh, the studio behind Shrek, of course, in 2016, for $3.8 billion. I think they're going to want to get some of that money back. <laughs> so if you recall, uh, we did a little bit of reporting about this. There was a little bit of confusion about what would happen when he joined DreamWorks Animation and how they would do the leadership. Yes, and whether he was just going to take over DreamWorks or if they were just going to merge the two companies. So yeah, the idea was is that he was originally going to come in and basically be president of the whole thing. Right, do, do the uh, John Lasseter thing. Yeah, but uh, Mr. Melange chose against this. He said that he uh, couldn't manage the two companies and still maintain the same level of quality in the film he makes. Uh, so there, this mean, meant that originally it was planned. The, the plan was is that uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, was going to leave his post at the as head of uh, DreamWorks Animation. That did not happen. So they are right. both still a company running their respective companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, he also said, um, Mr. Melandry also said that he does, uh, when he does create a new script, uh, for Shrek and, uh, the Pistol Boots franchises, he has no plans on replacing any of those voice actors. So the original voice cast, uh, who at least agrees to return, will return. So. So still Mike um, Myers, still Antonio Banderas. Still Cameron Diaz or still Cameron Murphy, Diaz, maybe. Andy Murphy. Assuming they're going to continue those characters. Assuming they choose to return. So would this be a reboot or a retelling of the original? I well, how would you go about know. that? I think that there are probably stories that are still... You could tell stories like that are not told in that universe yet. I don't know necessarily if we need a 100% remake of the first movie yet. I think a reboot where you tell it slightly differently is possible, maybe. So Halloween-esque... Yeah, something Style? like that, where like there's a way probably you could do something with those characters, where maybe Shrek has a reason, maybe Shrek's on trial or something, and he has a reason to recount the events of the original story, or something like that. They could do something fun with it. I like that idea. Yeah. That's that, a nice idea. It's a nice idea. But, yeah. but that's so, the thing. Because it doesn't really throw away what happened, mm-hmm. but it also kind of uses that as a springboard to other stories that happened in yeah. a... Lion King 1.5 way. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Where you can really have fun. And because Shrek is already this this franchise where it plays around with the universe it's in and mm-hmm. has fun with, we're a fantasy world, but we're all goofy. It's like they, they can have the freedom to do goofy things like that. Right. With their storytelling. There's some fourth wall breaking that they could get away with. So yeah, uh, we'll see what happens here. I don't know if it's super necessary, but... Who am I, Judge? Everything's getting rebooted now. Might as well move into the early 2000s. <laughs> We're done with the 90s. We rebooted everything from the 90s. Move on to the next decade, I guess. 
Uh, yeah, that would be a... Wow, bold. Don't yeah. make me think about this. 17 years ago. Okay, br- bring me... Bring me here. Bring me to the present. I don't want to think about this. <laughs> All right. What's going on today? We'll talk about uh, Netflix again then, because that's happening today. Yes, yes. Netflix is ne- a very today Yeah, company. yes. Ne- Netflix, when it was founded back in 1997. Oh, God. Let's not talk about that. Anyways, Anyways, Netflix is in the news this week uh, because they will boost the award chances of several considering films. So we have reported that one of its major hotly contenders, uh, the Alfonso Cuaron film Roma... Yes. Maybe kind of um, pushed aside because it was not getting a theatrical release. Yes. Well, that's not the only one that Netflix was going to push. Also, Joel and Ethan Cohen directed The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is due on November 8th. And the Suzanne Beer directed uh, Bird Box, which is due next month, December 13th. Yes. Uh, the plan is is that in, 19, in 2019, though... Netflix is also set to release a Martin Scorsese film called The Irishman, which I believe he also reported on. Yes. Uh, starring Net, uh, Robert De Niro, um, as well as Steven Soderbergh film The Laundromat with Gary Oldman and Mary Meryl Streep. And also the David Michaud film The King The King with Timothy Chalamet and Dee Rees. Uh, wait, no. And then also Dee Rees' film The Last Thing He Wanted... Uh, with Willem Dafoe, Ben Affleck, and Anne Hathaway. So these are high-profile, Oscar-worthy directors <laughs> yeah. with high-profile, Oscar-worthy actors attached to them. This is Netflix really trying to basically, like, we're going to, if not just by sheer like force, we're going to be, by word of mouth, pressuring you guys mm-hmm. to include us in the award season, regardless of what we do. Like, even if they don't get theatrical releases for these movies... If people enough people are talking about them, the Oscars might have to make, be forced to change their rules. Yeah, and this is a power play, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, all these movies. This is them using their money and their clout to basically force the Academy's hand. Yeah, in a way, it's an interesting play because if you think about the history of television versus movies, they've always been diametrically opposed. Mm-hmm. Like diametrically opposed. Like, movies might be up against another uh, battle here if Netflix starts bringing all this prestige talent to them. The streaming. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting yeah. time. Now. But anyways, the, the point of this story is that yeah. Netflix is going to put these things in theaters. Yes, they are. Yeah. I don't know if we said that. No, we didn't. You did have that written down. But yes. So, no. anyways... Oh, yeah, there it is. Exclusive limited theatrical releases prior to the releases of these movies. I may have skimmed over that. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, then, yeah, I guess they'll have to include them then. Yes. They're putting them in theaters for limited runs in order to, quote, meet the Academy's lowest guidelines of a theatrical run, which I believe is two weeks in theaters. That'll be good enough. All right, our last story moving into is a story about another movie uh, getting released. This one brought to you by Andy Machetti. Machetti. That was a fun name. Uh, he is now in production for It Chapter 2. He, of course, the director of It. Yes, director okay. of It Chapter 1 uh, came back in post for It Chapter 2. Uh, but he's also teaming up with Leonardo DiCaprio's Appian Way, to tackle an adaptation of H.G. Wells' 1895 novel, The Time Machine. I like The Time Machine. Yeah. I like fun, that novel. It's a fun book. 
Yeah. Uh, Muschietti will direct the feature project and produce alongside his sister, Barbara Muschietti. Uh, DiCap DiCaprio is producing with uh, partner Jennifer Davison. The new adaptation will be a partnership with Warner Brothers and Paramount. The last okay. version of uh, The Time Machine, in case you're wondering, was back in 2002 and starred Guy Pearce and was directed by Simon Hawks. I believe that was critically panned by everyone. I remember it being a bomb, yes. Yes. Uh, I like H.G. Wells. I like Time Machine as a book. Uh, it's one of my favorite stories told. If they do it well. If they do it well. It's also a short story. Yeah. Well, I say short in terms of like it's only like 90 pages, 120. It could be good. It's a short book. But yeah, it's a... Uh, I, I like that story being told. Um, guy moves forwards. And then super forward. Yeah. Too yes. forward. Too far forward into the future yes. to split the race. All right. Let's move on. Uh, a new adaptation for new people. Yes. Could be fun. Could but be. we also got to wait until like 2020 for that thing. Probably, yeah. All right, that does it for movies. So let's move into television. All right. We always start television with sports. It's the sports section. So first up in sports, sorry. Sad news. Los Angeles. The Rams have lost. Uh, their undefeated season is over. Their season's still not over, but they're undefeated season is over. They yes. have earned they, their first loss. Yes, they lost to the New Orleans Saints this past weekend, which means... Rudrees. Rudrees, which means the 1972 Dolphins can pop that champagne as they remain <laughs> the only undefeated <laughs> NFL team. All the remaining the 1972 Dolphins. I don't know how many yes. of them are still alive. I don't know. There's probably like a handful of them. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, uh, that's something. Yeah, that happened. So that NFL happened. is now... Boring. A regular season. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the trade deadline also passed for uh, for football. Yes, and uh, a lot of teams made moves. A lot of players yeah. got traded. Uh, if you're seeing some fresh new faces on your rosters, that's why. If you're like, oh, wasn't that guy over there? Yeah, now he's over here because trades. Uh, also, Huge Jackson of the Cleveland Browns was fired, so not even Hard Knocks could save his job. Guess not. And, yeah, other NFL news. Death Bryant apparently signed with the New Orleans Saints. Right. So that happened. That's weird. I still think that's weird. <laughs> Death Bryant hasn't played in, like, over a year. And yet they're going to give him a shot. Okay. We'll see. So, yeah, that's news. Um, anything else in terms anything of sports? Anything else in sports. There's nothing else written down here. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird, uh, thing. I mean, football's going, basketball's going, baseball's over. Yep. Uh, so. Hockey's kinda, winding down. Hockey's winding um, down. NASCAR is winding down. I think this weekend is the finals. There's like four, four drivers left. So, that is going to be down. I don't know where that race is, actually. But yeah, this uh, weekend, uh, weekend, I think, is the finals for NASCAR. At least okay. for the, this season. There's only like four or five drivers left. So yeah, exciting times for that. Loud noises, loud races, turn left, go, <laughs> go, go race. Looking forward to more Rovals. More Rovals. More Rovals <laughs> next year. <laughs> next year. I have to wait a whole year for Rovals. What yes. is this nonsense? All right. That does it for sports, then. Let's move into 
television news proper. All right, so let's talk about some Disney. Yeah, our first story is a follow-up story about Disney. The Uh, ever-long, ever-long, ever-continuing story of Disney trying to buy Fox. Yes, this is specifically a follow-up to our story about how the European Commission and their antitrust regulators were looking into the European side of the Disney buy and what they would have to agree upon to uh, let that happen over there in the European Union. So about two or three weeks ago, we reported that the the European Union would approve the deal. But with conditions. But with conditions. And now we know what those are. So the conditions turn out to be related to television channels, uh, specifically factual television channels that it controls in the European economic area. This includes history, H2, crime and investigation, Blaze, and Lifetime. These channels are currently controlled by A&E Television Networks, which was a joint venture between Disney and Hearst. The commitments fully re- uh, removed the overlap between Disney's and Fox's activities in the wholesale supply of factual channels in the EAA. Uh, Disney is accepting these terms because otherwise it would have to endure a four-month investigation to the deal. So basically, they're There's like... this up. Yeah. It's like, like... All right, like, fine. You can have... Well, somebody else can have these... Uh, we can't control these channels and pass and without having to spend a lot of time investigating it. Is this concern over Disney's influence on factual channels? Like, that's weird. It's not news. Yeah. It's um, history. Like, reality. Reality. Essentially, like, is what we're talking about here. Yes. Let's be real. There is nothing educational at Disney or Lifetime anymore. <laughs> yes. It's all fantasy stuff. Yes. Like, well, it's all uh, 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 reality show. So, while Disney will still remain a partner in the A&E channel, yeah. they, will not, they will negate any influence into any of those channels. In this in uh, Only in the European organization. So, yeah, this will not affect the U.S. Yes. In terms of U.S. Um, productions, they can still do whatever they want with it. That's unaffected. But it's just with EU distribution. Yeah. All right. So it looks like that deal's going to go through then. Yeah, it looks like that's going to go through. So um, it continues to happen. End of the year's coming up. Are we going to have a big Disney celebration? Or something. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Next up, let's move on to our next story. Yes. Uh, so if you're wondering what's next for A&E's, the, speaking of A&E, uh, or MC, sorry, not A&E. AMC's The Walking Dead. Yes. Guess and what? If you were watching this past weekend... You will have seen the death of one of the main characters, Andrew Lincoln's character. Um, the sheriff is gone. So yes, he died. But guess what? Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> but guess what? He's not technically... Rick Grimes is dead. Well, he's not dead in the uh, Walking Dead universe as a whole because there are plans for his character. Uh, Andrew Lincoln will reprise his role as Rick Grimes in a trio of big-budget feature-length movies... That will air on AMC. Former showrunner Scott Gemple is currently writing the untitled series of telepics, with production set to begin in 2019. Plans for these films started as far back as season four, which planned for his character to depart during season eight, quote, if the show ever goes that far, (laughs) unquote, which is what happened this past Sunday night. Yes. Um, Shocks. Not really shocks. Put shockwaves around the Twitter sphere of Rick Rimes died, we riot, 
And of course, no one rioted because it's it's season eight, and you're like you're still Nobody alive. No one really cares. Anymore. The ratings have been taking, but um, they movies so, are an interesting play to get people to be like, oh shoot, Walking Dead. Well, because he woke up in the coma in the hospital in the like very first episode, yeah, and like had this like gap. We can technically see what happened leading up to that. Of his family before that, and that's where they can explore more of that story. Yeah, it's true. Of him, I don't think that's where they're going to go through with like zombies <laughs> in The Walking Dead. There's one way to find out. But there's only one way to find out. That's next year. Also, he's doing this because he's kind of tired of playing the role. He's um, it takes about nine months to a year of shooting in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, to Hot Atlanta to film an entire season of The Walking Dead, whereas with these TV movies, he'll only be there for three months, and mm-hmm. that's it. Uh, he's also from England, side note, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know. So, yeah, he kind of wants to spend some time in the homeland. Uh, he's a father now. So, yeah, wants to take that money and spend it on his kids. Fair enough. But, you know, continue. Right. let's continue with your popular world. So that's happening. If you like Walking Dead, you have stuff to look forward to. It's not dead for you just yet. Okay. All right. Let's move on to our next story, which is far happier uh, for me because these are things that I care about. Or what do you care about? I care about having things on Hulu where I can watch them anytime. And if you're a fan of Fox animated shows... I kind of am. I've got good news for you. What is my good news? Hulu has made a deal to air all 13 seasons of King of the Hill <laughs> on their network. In addition, an expanded deal with 20th Century Fox TV distribution. They also locked in the exclusive post-broadcast streaming rights to Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, American Dad, and library series that are already open over... The Cleveland Show and Futurama. Mm. So, this changes some things. Futurama is currently available on Netflix. It will no longer yes. be available uh, once the steel makes it goes through. Yeah, it will, it's been slowly coming off Netflix. Yeah, but um, removed when this happens. When No, it, was, it came off when um, Futurama made the deal with, to air on Sci-Fi. Right. So that's when it left Netflix, and now it's coming back to a streaming service. Going back to Hulu, because they made a different deal. Yes. So yeah, that's uh, exciting if you want to see all the episodes of those shows. Um, This is notable, especially for King of the Hill, because there had previously been no uh, streaming for that show up until now. All 13 seasons. All 13 seasons of that show. That show ran a while, and you can see it all now. So there you go. Um... This also does bode well, should the streaming numbers um, support it for a King of the Hill reboot or comeback Maybe. that we hinted at Yeah, it seems like the cast really wanted to do it, yeah. so it's technically possible. I mean, this is a great way to find out if people are excited about King of the Hill coming back, yeah. and if those numbers projected, I mean, Especially if, uh, don't be surprised if you see a Hulu exclusive originals King of the Hill I style can see that happening. I mean, in a new world. I mean, how, how many seasons realistically does Mike Judge have left of Silicon Valley? <laughs> I mean, technically... We keep thinking as, this show's going to end. As much as, as, much as HBO wants to continue giving him. Oh, yeah. Jeez, this show should have been over season three. Yeah, it should have. All right, let's move on. The last story is... I'm just waiting for them to be bought out and be just like, okay... We were bought out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. This is literally what happens to every company. Yeah. They eventually get bought out. And everybody gets fired. Yep. 
but but they have all their money to go like live their life, and that's how you get your your finale. There, we wrote your finale for you, Mike Judge. Get it, just did it. Pay us, do it already. <laughs> all right, let's move on uh, to our last story, which is a weird one. It is uh, television uh, personality Alec Baldwin uh, was in the personality this week. I guess personality. Yeah, because I mean he's been so much at this point that he's a television personality at this point. He's he's not really on like he's not a lead character on a show right now, uh, or at least uh, not as uh, not as a character. Um, he just recently started a. A show where he was himself. Uh, it was a talk show, I think. Yes, it was uh, the Alec Baldwin show, the yeah. talk show, uh, uh, well, late nights on Sunday. Well, so much for that. <laughs> it comes to a premature end because of things that happened in his real life. He was taken into police custody in New York and charged with assault and harassment after punching a man in a fight over a parking spot in Manhattan. Uh, this wasn't the only bad news. Uh, Yes, his show was taken off the schedule and will return to the air on December 8th and a new time slot Saturday, uh, 10 o'clock, following the end of college football. Saturday at 10 o'clock? That is death. And like I said, this is where it's ending because there's no way that anybody will care about the show in that time slot. No, this is the runoff episodes. This is the death of Alec Baldwin's show. For sure. The decision comes after four very low-rated episodes. Only drawing in at 1.3 million viewers. Yeah. Not good. No. Um, that may sound like a lot because it's over a million. But no. But this is on network television. Yeah. So, no. All right, let's move on uh, out of television news into cancellations and renewals. Uh, you want to talk about stuff you watched first? Uh, yeah, I guess we could both do that real briefly. All right, so what did you watch? Well, uh, so two things. One that we're both going to talk about. And two, uh, something that I finished that's technically related to 2018, because it aired in 2018. Okay. I uh, finally caught up with uh, season two of Riverdale. Oh, okay. Uh, Wait, that aired in 2018? That, that finished earlier this year. Yes. Okay. Uh, those are 2018 episodes, technically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, season three also has started recently. It started last month. Yes. Um, I have started watching season three as well. Um uh, so I will have uh, start having like more to say about that uh, as that season. Has it grasped your attention? It is still as stupid and ridiculous as it always has been. It's getting more stupid, and more ridiculous um, in ways that I can't even go into. You know, this is a comic book show. Yeah, but it's not. But it's like it's weird. It's like it's imagine if they were like, let's make this. Let, let's make the... So imagine if somebody took the OC mm-hmm. and was like, let's take a show like the OC about teenagers and teenage problems, but then add in, like, all this stuff from, like, prestige shows. So, like, let's put the literal mob in here and, like, have a whole side of this where actual crime is happening all the time, actual mob-style crime is <laughs> happening all the time, and our teenage characters are involved in this. Also, let's toss in some murder mystery shows into here so what if there's like deaths that happen and then the kids need to find out and like do actual detective work to find out what's happening with all these murderers in town are these all solved within the same episode or like two episodes? all these plots happen in every single episode yes there is mob crime happening in every episode of this show there is like <laughs> it's ridiculous there's gang stuff happening 
there's like a gang Jughead is an actual gang member in this show uh, like there's there's drama with that and it's like this show tries to be so many different things and it's so fascinating that it's like a train wreck that you cannot stop watching like it, you can't look away you just will have to know you're like I want to know how ri- more ridiculous this is going to get that is what Riverdale is it's stupid I don't know but I'm still watching it so yeah, season two ended very, very weirdly. Season three is already starting out on a weird, weird note. So yeah, if you want something absolutely stupid just to watch and be fascinated by how stupid it is, I recommend Riverdale. <laughs> and that's a perfect segue into the show that we've both have been watching this week. The big new Netflix release, uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yes. Because it's brought to you by the very same people. guys who brought who bring you Riverdale. However... That's the weird thing about this, is that whereas Riverdale, it takes itself seriously, but it knows it's bad, Sabrina, on the other hand, it takes itself seriously because it knows it's actually kind of good. Yeah. They're two very different shows brought to you by the same people, presumably because Netflix gives them a little bit more freedom for what they can do with the show than maybe the CW does for Riverdale. Well, I don't know. What are you thinking about it so far? It's... Weirdly enjoyable. Yeah. I didn't... So, because it's from the same people of Riverdale, yeah. I expected to not like it. I expected uh-huh. to laugh this off. I was like, huh, this is just another CW thing that they weren't able to get their hands on. But no, it is not that. But no, this is Netflix being like, be as creative as you want. Yeah. Go. First, just, 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 just go. And let's get this off the table, first of all. If you associate the character with the uh, the WB sitcom from the 90s... The, the Melissa Joan Hart. This could not be any more of a tonal shift yeah. from that thing. This is like, not only does it admit like, no, witches are legit Satanist. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like, there's 100%, no, like, like, no like they comedy, wor- happy thing. They it's, literally worship Satan yeah. in this show. So get ready. Like, that is what the tone of this thing is. Also, that, 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 would, that would shock me that they went that right. far. Yeah, it was. It surprised me. It's like how much they were like, oh shoot, they're going all the way with this. It was like, okay, so these really are the chilling adventures. This Literally, is, yeah. And it does try to be horror, not necessarily horror, no, but horror not, adjacent. Yeah, um, uh, where it's like inspired. Gonna, yeah, we're going to show you creepy things. Creepy things are going to happen on screen. The occasional brutal violence will be shown. But really, it's not necessarily scare. It, okay, it's not. It's not scary. It's not horror. jump scare scary. It's like creepy scary. Yeah, that's what it's going for. That's the tone. It was. It was perfect to watch it on around Halloween week, mm-hmm. which I did, uh, yep. and it's it's good that they put it out right before because it was a really good Halloween watch. It was like nothing that's gonna like. Oh God, I don't think I can watch this. It, but it's going to be stuff that's going to be like, oh man, that's that's weird and weird and chilling. It's the name. Hmm. Uh, but but I think that the, that they do a good job with the characters. I think the dialogue is really good, which is something that Riverdale sucks at. <laughs> the dialogue in Riverdale is stupid. The dialogue in this show, however, is actually pretty good. Uh, they, they have some really good writing on here. Um, and I like the direction it's going. I'm not quite done. I'm on episode uh, 8 now of 10. Uh, is that around where you are? Uh, a little bit before that. Before that. And it takes itself... Pretty seriously. So it's like, it's interesting what they've done so far. Yeah, I'm not... So far, it hasn't really turned me away. Yeah. It's not grasping me as some other Netflix shows where, like, I need to finish this. Yeah. But it's also one of those shows where it's like, 
I definitely need to come back and see what happens. But it does some fascinating world building with the world of their witches. Yes. Uh, that's really interesting. You learn a lot about that specific coven and like the history of Greendale, where it's located. And they mention the fact that Riverdale exists in the same universe in one episode, which mm. I thought was cute. I'm like, yeah, that's fun. Uh, who knows if a crossover will ever happen? God forbid. How <laughs> weird that would be. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun show, which is weird to describe it as fun because it's so it's so tonally dark. Well, because one thing that made the the CW '90s version fun was <laughs> the interaction of going through high school and puberty and dealing with the ants. I guess they yeah they're yeah, the yeah, ants. yeah they're ants yeah. So that was fun '90s. Stuff. But this is not that. Even the ants, yeah. like even one of the ants, is, is is like is essentially put as a a antagonist towards Sabrina. They are not her best friends mm. or mentors. They are kind of put in opposition to her in several ways. And they gotta push her. You definitely feel like besides her like school friends, there is kind of a Sabrina against the world kind of vibe where you're like, oh man, every witch is like out to get her in different ways. And it does the Netflix thing really well of we're going to keep making wrinkles in this plot for you to be, like keep watching. Yeah. Uh, every episode ends with like, oh, here, by the way, here's a thing that this character about this character that we didn't tell you yet. And it's and they do a pretty good job with that carrot on the stick, like watch another episode thing. Yeah. So, um, anything else for the show? I mean, it's I mean, it's, it's sad that we didn't do a podcast uh, like. On Halloween, on Halloween last week, because it would have been perfect for that. Yeah. It was a very good Halloween show, but if you're catching up now, I still recommend, I'd recommend it. Yeah. I'd recommend checking it out, unless you're, like, really, really squeamish about, like, horror stuff, then maybe skip it. Like I said, it's not, like, jump scary, but it does have some creepy, like, literal depictions of Satan and literal, like, like cutting of necks and hands and, like, blood. And so, like, there's some... Oh, yeah, and, like, some, like, weird, surreal, like, like, uh, horror-y kind of, like, they're having a dream, but is it a dream stuff. So, yeah. if you're easily squeamish, then maybe skip it. Yeah, well, normally, I'm not a horror guy. You know I'm not a horror no, guy. I'm not either. Yeah. But so, the works. fact that this is getting our yeah. attention means there's something there. There's something to it. I, I enjoy it. I think it's interesting. Uh, and this is only part one, so there's more to come. Right. So, yeah, uh, it's interesting. So, right. I like it so far. Yeah, so uh, keep your eye on that. All right, cool. Are you watching anything else? Um, no, I recently caught up with the past two weeks of stuff I missed because mm -hmm. I was moving. Yeah, we were in doing, transition. Yes, and doing a lot of that stuff. So I'm all currently caught up uh, with my stories, which is good because we're coming up into the dead season of winter. Yeah. Where things go on break and I can catch up on more stuff. Yeah. Uh, especially some streaming stuff. Um House of Cards Season 6, I've yet to finish that. Uh, they just released the new episodes for How to Make a Murderer Season 2. Right. Uh, gotta watch that. Um, that's, those are Netflix stuff. Um, I need to watch, apparently watch, uh, still watch uh, Jack Ryan on Hulu and The Patriot on Amazon. And yeah, I, I need to catch up, catch on, a lot up of on all that stuff. But we'll have time to do that soon. Yeah, good thing. Um, winter's coming up, so it's like, well, what am I going to watch when sports isn't on? Yep. These turn, shows. Turn on the shows, because, oh, uh, I am currently watching the 
Uh, holiday baking championship. Not of my own accord. I okay. think it is too early. <laughs> for holiday for, baking championship? To do Christmas stuff. Um, we're literally days into November. Yeah. Santa has yet to come down Broadway. <laughs> so until that happens. hasn't even happened. Yeah, so until Santa comes down uh, at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, I, it is not Christmas season for me. I want to enjoy the gourds. I want to enjoy the dead stuff. <laughs> I love enjoying gourds. I know. Not I, like that. I love, I love to gourds myself. It's true. But, yeah, um, so I'm watching that. Um, that's kind of fun, actually. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to admit it, but those holiday baking stuff I are like those shows. Fun. They're silly. They're silly. They're, They're silly fun. stuff to put on while, they're, while you're not, like, really paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to stuff that no one's watching anymore. Right. Cancellations! Woo! And what are we no, no longer paying attention to? Some stuff is ending. Let's find out what. All right. What are we no longer paying attention to? First up, well, Netflix is continuing the video game world of Castlevania, as it has been renewed for a third season. So if you've been watching that, well, there's more. All right. Netflix is also renewing The Ranch for a fourth season. Uh, I think that's the Ashton Kutcher thing? Yeah, I think so. Freeform, however, is canceling Alone Together, which I knew was going to happen. Well, we were surprised it got a second season. I was kind of surprised it got a second season. I had a love-hate relationship with the first season of that show. Yes. To the point where I didn't watch the second you didn't season. You bother with the second because season. Because I was like, you know what? This show has way more issues than it does have positives. Yeah. I like a lot of the writing in that show. I think there's a lot of strong gag writing. So whoever those writers are, absolutely hire them for other projects. It's sad that they're not working anymore because there's some quality jokes there. But the premise was shaky. It didn't seem like a lot of the characters were that likable. And so it just didn't click with audiences. I don't think they were meant to be likable. They were meant to be a play no, on millennials. They're not, but which is weird because it's created by the stars. Yeah. It, it, yeah, and that was kind of like one of the reasons why I had such a love-hate relationship. It's like, like they're talking like they... You know, like they're talking are, are to the you. age, like talking to people of that age. But then there was enough jokes where it was like, "Oh, but we also suck." That I was like, "Okay, all right, we get it." Mm -hmm. Like, choose a choose a lane to go through here. I don't know. So it had issues, and Freeform saw that. So yeah, no more. Yep. Done. Uh, alone together. Done so. HBO though uh, likes divorce, and so they renewed it for a third no. season. No one likes divorce. HBO well, does. I know. And then ABC has ordered a full season, uh, that's seven more episodes, of The Rookie. So so that uh, that uh, one kid gets more work. <laughs> that one kid? Or who's in The Rookie? I forget Nathan Fillin? Yeah, that one kid. Yeah, that, that kid. Yes. <laughs> you know what The Rookie was? I forgot about what The Rookie was. Yes, you're right. Sorry. I, thought I was getting confused with a different show. Yes. Yes, The Rookie, uh, Nathan Fillion's show. Yeah, the 50-year-old man decides to become a cop, so he's a rookie. 50-year-old rookie. So yeah, that show gets a full season order so more of that on abc and that is it for cancellations renewals we have no deaths uh there was one death but he was a pro music producer for jazz okay so we did not have his name on here no so we'll just oh also the guy who discovered uh, both jackie chan and uh jet lee died oh. okay that's a sad one yeah all right, but for us, let's move on to music. 
Okay. And we so, want to start music with this week's Billboard chart. All right. So what are we bopping our heads to this time? Well, your Hot 100 hasn't Oops. changed too much since last week. Your number one song in the country is Still Girls Like You with by Maroon 5 featuring Cardi B. B. Uh, number two, Sicko Mode by Travis Scott. Number three, Happier, Marshmallow, and Bastille. Uh, number uh, four. Number four is uh, Lucid Dreams by Juice World. Number five, Better Now by Post Malone. I have not. Well, I've heard. I've listened to the first one, yeah. but I've not listened to one, two, three, four, five well, of my own accord. They're on the radio. No one listens to the radio. Anymore. I don't listen to the radio. Uh, your album chart, your Billboard 200, though, is a little different this week. All right. Stars Board? No. Your no. number one record is new this week. Andrea Bocelli. Ooh. With C, his new record. C uh, as in yes or C as in the letter? C as in yes. As in yes in Spanish. Uh, okay. Uh, Andrea Bocelli, of course, uh, the... Operatic uh, singer? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Operatic is a one way of putting it. There's probably a better word. Uh, but yes, uh... Andrew Vigelli, of course, famous for that kind of music. Moving to number two, A Star is Born okay. uh, soundtrack. Number three, Ballads One by Joji. Debuts this week at number three. I know. Tory Lanez with Love Me Now with number four. And rounding out your top five, The Carter Five by Lil Wayne is still on your chart. Which uh, Lil Wayne will get, definitely get a bump from being on SNL yeah. this week. The musical guest. You definitely will. We've gone to the new releases for this weekend. We have All That Remains with Victims of the New Disease, Architects with Holy Hell, Cupcake with Eden, Hanson, yes, that Hanson, yes, that Hanson. with String Theory, Jeff Goldblum, yes, that Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum, with The Capitol Studio Sessions, Mark Knopfler with Down the Road Wherever, Muse with Simulation Theory, Ollie Murs with You Know, I Know, Brett Miller with The Messenger, and Steve Aoki, Steve Aoki, sorry, with Neon Future 3. Those are your new releases. Let's move into music news. All right. So first off, uh, we talked about Rihanna last week about not going with the Super Bowl halftime show. But that's not the only thing she said no to recently. Yeah. Rihanna is in the news this week because she uh, is not happy with our uh, president using her music at his rallies. She went to Twitter this week to announce her disapproval after learning that President Donald Trump had been playing her music at his rallies. Her legal team has since sent, since sent a cease and desist letter uh, for playing songs including Don't Stop the Music at multiple political events. She's claiming that Trump's use of her music, quote, creates a false impression that Miss Fenty is affiliated with, connected to, or otherwise associated with Trump. This follows the footsteps of other artists such as Pharrell and Axl Rose, who have also sent letters to the president of disapproval of their songs being used. So this is not new news, this is just continuing news. This is continuing. Uh, artists are continuing to be like, nah, nah, I don't even want you to press play on my MP3 yes. anywhere near you. <laughs> Which is fair. If you're an yes. artist, you want to be able to control that. Yes, and if you thought, oh, thank God, the elections is over. No, those were the midterms. <laughs> yes. Donald Trump was campaigning for midterms elections. Right. He was not on the ballot. He still has another two years of campaigning for re-election. Yep. All right, let's so move on. So more artists will probably come out of the woodwork. Oh, yeah, no. I'm sure this will be a continuing story. 
So they have to play some royalty-free music. <laughs> yeah. That's all he's, That's all he's gonna get down to. Yep. All right, or just three doors down. Just three doors down all the time. All right, Kid, Kid Rock. Night. Kid Rock with three doors down. All right. Uh, next up, we have a story, also kind of a follow-up story. Uh, we've been continuing uh, to report the aftermath of the death of Chris Cornell. Yep. Uh, his family now has filed a lawsuit against Dr. Robert Koblen for quote negligently and repeatedly prescribing dangerous, mind-altering, controlled substances that impaired Cornell and caused him to engage in dangerous, impulsive behaviors that he was unable to control, costing him his life. Now, this seems to be a trend of family members or estates suing doctors doctors for over-prescribing. His family claims that Koblen prescribed Cornell more than 940 doses of lorazepam, also known as Atbium, during the last 20 months of his life. Quote, yet, at no time during this period did Dr. Koblen conduct a medical examination of Mr. Cornell, or perform any laboratory studies, obtain an interim history, or do any type of clinical assessment, uh, the suit states. So basically, they're like, you gave them all the, this, these drugs, but you didn't check if they were cool. Like, they, you didn't check on him to see if they were working correctly. Well, not if they were working correctly, but whether he needed them or not in the right. first place. Yes. And that's a big no-no in any... I feel like in any doctor situation, you're not there to push pills from Big Pharma. You're there to take care of patients. Right. So, yeah, as, as we all know, in June 2017, the toxicology report revealed that Cornell had several prescription drugs in his system, which included the aforementioned lorazepam, a tranquilizer used to treat anxiety by slowing brain activity to allow relaxation, according to the U.S. National Library of Medicine, in case you were wondering what that was. I was wondering what that was. Thank you. And I have a nice definition for lazapan. Speaking of celebrity deaths, our next story has to do with Forbes uh, releasing an article about that very thing. So even though a celebrity dies, they can still make money. It's true, and Forbes tracks that. They have a list of this year's highest paid dead celebrities. And it is once again topped by, of course, Michael Jackson, earning four hundred million dollars, most of which, which came from the sale of his EMI public, uh, EMI music publishing stake, that happened earlier this year. Yep. Uh, coming just behind him is Elvis Presley at forty million dollars, due to continuously selling over one million dollars each year, uh, and selling tickets to Graceland. That's uh, kind of impressive that he still gets, still able to sell a million. Dollars worth of records. Yeah, still impressive. Yeah. Entering the top three is Arnold Palmer at $35 million. <laughs> and due to his huge bump in a now alcoholic version of the Arnold Palmer. I account for probably a good percentage of sales. <laughs> Most things are delicious. Yeah, but the uh, specifically the alcoholic version. I know, those uh, are delicious. Is uh, made in conjunction with Molson Coors, uh, which has pumped him up on the list here. Yeah, I, I found that. Drink earlier this year. I bought it. I was like, oh, this is actually really good. So now like, I continuously buy it whenever I see it. Yeah. It's both delicious and... Nutritious. No, not nutritious. <laughs> it's just really delicious and alcoholic. That's fair, too. And then um, uh, number four is Charles Schultz of Peanuts fame. Yeah, they're still getting that money um, from that uh, deal they made with that music company. Right, yes. And rounding out the top five, Bob Marley. Uh, yes, to products, yes, that Bob Marley. Thanks to products such as uh, headphones that bear his likeness and 
Marley Natural Cannabis. Oh, yes. Cannabis. Weed, you know. Weed, yes. Something Bob Marley knows. Or a lot of, fans, of a Bob, lot about. fans of Bob Marley know a lot it about. Alright, that's it for that story. Let's move on to a story about a new app. Because we always love new apps. I love new apps. I also love making money. And this combines the two. This does. This one's called Verts. V-E-R-T-Z. Uh, warning, there's going to be a lot of copy in this. Alright, yes. Get ready to sound like an ad. <laughs> no, we are not paid by Vert. Verts is a new app and way of making money by leveraging blockchain technology. Oh boy. Vert seeks to democratize the way artists and fans cultivate and earn money through music together. Vert supports fans and its artists on a song-by-song basis, affording fans the opportunity to partner with and make money from an artist's royalties and licensing income. Simultaneously, artists and producers benefit from additional ways to financially leverage their creative properties. Vert's goal is to improve the music industry by providing artists Songwriters, why do I feel like I'm repeating okay, myself? Okay, so, so and not... producers and additional funding sources. So not, not sounding like an ad. Basis on a global basis. In exchange, fans receive rights okay. to share a right. version of the royalties earned by their favorite songs and recordings that they subscribe to. Birds can access these royalties on behalf of these fans from the performing rights organizations. This is starting to sound like the blurbs at the bottom. Record labels and tracks such royalties through Birds' proprietary blockchain technology. Please contact your doctor if the direction lasts for over four hours. Anyways, what the hell is Birds? Birds uh, is basically stock market music. It allows you to purchase stock in a song, and then should that song chart, you'll get some money back from it. This is weird. It is weird. I don't understand it. Uh, this is basically, artists will put their songs on here. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, for roughly, it's in a GoFundMe campaign style, uh-huh. where you have to meet, a th- they have to meet $1,000 for their song, and then you put that money into the song, and the more money you put in, the more royalties you'll get from it. So it's basically uh, fans backing songs in order to get money out of it by using money themselves. This reminds me of this thing for video games that was called Fig. Do you remember Fig? I believe we... I think we covered Fig. We might not have covered it here, but I know we talked about it. Yeah, we talked about Fig in the past. But it was kind of like the same kind of idea, where it was like Kickstarter, except you could basically... Be an actual investor in it. Mm-hmm. This sounds like that. Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, this is free to download, but you have to pay per song. The song selection is not like the big hits you expect, but there no. are known artists out there like uh, Lil Uzi Vert. I okay. think Rihanna has a couple of tracks on there. Um, was it? Uh, a lot of rap songs. I, I when I noticed when I was scrolling through. A lot of Latino songs, too. So if you know anything about Latino pop charts <laughs> and want to get in on that, um, go ahead. But yeah, uh, you basically invest money into songs, and then should they end up charting, you'll get money back. That's about sure. as simple as I can put it. Yeah. Um, whether or not these songs will ever chart is like clearly up in the air. Because yeah. uh, they're not like the singles that put on. These are like the B-sides, the the the, the track 9, track 10s stuff yeah. uh, on albums. So they're not necessarily going to make you money, but 
every once in a while, even uh, a hog turns up a turnip, or what? whatever the saying is. Huh? What? Anyways, you, let's you, move off of this. Even a blind pig finds a truffle. Sure. I think is what the saying is. Sure. Yes. I love truffles. Yeah. All right. Let's move on then, because that story was confusing. Um, now, did you listen to anything this week? I listened to a new single. All right. What did you listen to? I listened to the new single by Carly Rae Jepsen. I did too. What do you know? Yeah, yeah I figured you would. Yes. So that is called Party for One. It kind of sounds like a party for one. It is a party. It's a really good song. It's a party Carly's for you. back, everybody. <laughs> I don't know if she's back, but this does bode well for a new album she could possibly yes. put out by the end of the So year. she did, well, no. Uh, she did announce that this is indeed the title track for a new album called okay. Party for One. Uh, the plan is, is that sometime next year. It will uh, not be released before the end of the year. I have my fingers crossed for like January or February, though. Because that would make more sense than her to wait a whole year. She's probably done, and this is the beginning of the uh, the kind of the ramp into the uh, the marketing of the album. Okay, so enjoy the holidays. Maybe yes. put out another single, and then New Year's, New present. Year, full on go, announce tours. Yeah, I could totally yeah. see her doing that. Yeah. All right, cool. But yeah, it's fun. It's a good. It's a good single. It's a pop song. It's it's, it's, a, it's poppy. And it's Carly. You know it's Carly because it's got a really awesome um, uh, bridge. Yep. She knows how to write a killer bridge, and the ending is really really good. I, that's my favorite part of the song. But yeah, it's it's fun. Also, uh, she released alongside that video. That's really fun. It takes place where she and uh, like a bunch of random other people are in a hotel, and it's kind of showing what they're doing in their hotel rooms by themselves. <laughs> It's fun. You get like all these person, like weird personalities hanging out in this hotel, and then the fire alarm goes off, and so they all have to go down the stairwell together, and they meet. Yes. And they have a party in the lobby. It's pretty fun. It's a fun music video, and also, uh, if I if I don't if I need to further entice you, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen is in underwear for most of this video. Ding ding ding! Don't watch it. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, anything on. else? I listen to a handful of other things. Okay. I also want to talk about. Sorry, I'm like weird right now. Your chest? I don't like my body. Oh, okay. Like stretch or something. All right. Well, oh. while you're doing, while you're stretching, I did listen to a couple other things. Um, no, no, we talked about the Legend Christmas album. Um, did I listen to anything? And I, I know I listened to to something new. But it was so unmemorable that I've, like, I'm struggling to remember it. I know that I did try and uh, go through myself, try and start paring down my list for the end of the year. Yeah. In terms of songs. Um, oh, that's right. I was looking up wedding songs for personal reasons. <laughs> uh, in terms of um, songs for different people and songs to walk down to. Um, wasn't fun. Oh, no, that's right. So I, I decided to listen to the Wolfgang Gardner album. Oh, yeah? Because he dropped a new album, and I was cleaning my room. I was like, you know, I haven't listened to him in years. Yeah. Let me see what he's doing. What's happening What is that? up? What is up with the EDM scene, with the techno scene? Yeah. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed at all. Yeah. I, I, listened, oh, to this, I listened to the album. I was like, this feels like I never left, but it also feels like it never changed. Yeah, probably good. There was no evolution to that scene. It is what it is. I think it will always be what it is. 
and it will always cater to people in that scene. Yeah. It's it's not an evolution. It's not growing. It's found its it's found its track, at least in terms of the people within it, and are staying in their lane. Nobody's quite branching out. I mean, we did have that spike in the late two thousands. Yeah. Early twenty tens where they were kind of like mixing and mashing into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of, I feel in total, died down. We're back into the R&B wave. Yeah, I think it, I think it came to, a, like, yeah, it came to a peak in kind of the mid-2010s, and then it's kind of like, now we're kind of writing. Avicii kind of hit now. the end of that peak wave, Avicii and Skrillex, and then yeah. as, as they kind of went out of the scene, so did everything else. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. But they're still going off at clubs. I mean, go to Vegas, they're still going day bars and um, day clubs and pools and every like nightclubs and everything. They're still there. They're still headliners. There's no, no doubt about that. They're still great DJs. But in terms of like creating original stuff, yeah, I don't see it entering mainstream for another 10 years. Until that that new, new 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 wave, <laughs> <laughs> new new wave. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, I listened to a couple of other things. Okay. Uh, so uh, in the news this week, though, was of course Ariana Grande again uh, because she kind of had the breakup of Pete Davidson. Yeah, all the aftermath of the of the Pete Davidson stuff happened, but she announced that she's also putting out a new album. Yes, I know. She already she put out She just put album. out Sweeteners. Well, now she's putting out more music. Is it called Salty? No, it's going to be called Thank You Next. Okay. Um, and, Thank You, Comma Next? Uh, alongside this announcement, she released a single also called Thank You Next. But it's she just put out an album! Yes, I know. But she's not done. Uh, so she's basically, the, the song is an ode to her ex-boyfriends. Where she goes down, naming them by name, a oh. uh, list of her exes, and kind of talking about the influence they had on her life. And then the second, uh, the second um, verse is about more about like her saying like she she's uh, how they made her stronger and like how she's strong herself and how she uh, enjoys herself and doesn't need that anymore. Hence, thank you. Next. Next. What's next is her self love as opposed to jumping into another relationship right away. So instead of the Taylor Swift turnstile, exactly. It's yeah. It's a, it's a really <laughs> pet petting. It's a fun song. I don't know uh, if I'm personally ready for way, uh, immediately more Ariana, but the world will lap it up. So there are lo- plenty of excited people, I'm sure. Um, don't count me in those people. <laughs> uh, then I'm not done. I also listened to a couple of records. Okay. Uh, first, I'll just be brief on these. First up, um, something more of a personal uh, thing. Uh, a, uh, a band called Boy Genius, which is made up of, it was a super group of sorts, which is made up of three um, solo uh, kind of indie uh, singers. Uh, Julian Baker, uh, Phoebe Bridgers, and Lucy Dacus. It's them all uh, kind of putting their songwriting and performance talents, talents together and performing as a trio uh, it's an EP, so it's only like six songs long, but it's very, very, very good. They uh, performed on Seth Meyers a couple nights ago. Oh, apparently. okay. Then, uh, speaking of trios of women, I also listened to a new record by Pistol Annie's. 
Does this sound familiar to you? Yes. That is because this is Miranda Lambert's yes. super group, where she teamed up with two others in the country uh, sphere, uh, Ashley Monroe and Angelina Presley. Were you were you with me when we were talking about that recently? Mm, maybe not. No, because I think I was talking about with the doctor about Miranda Lambert and the... Aries. We did talk about Miranda Lambert uh, last week. Yeah. Uh, with, with the doctor. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of found this kind of related uh, to, to like, to, uh, like, through my own, like, music blogs and stuff, because I, I guess this is getting a lot of critical attention right now. Okay. I was like, is this really that good? Because I wasn't familiar with their previous work. They have two albums before this, uh, the most recent from 2013, and I hadn't listened to it. Uh, but I listened to this thing, and it is very good. Okay. It is excellent. Uh, it's really, really good country music. If you're familiar with the work of Miranda Lambert, it's very similar to the kind of stuff that she's done before. All right. Pistolanis? Yeah. That's what it's called. Okay. I'll probably check that out, or at least I'll, I'll give it a recommendation. Yeah. You getting sore? It's weird. I don't know what's going on with me right now. All right. Well, <laughs> let's... <laughs> yeah, anything else, or we're going to wrap it up here? Uh... So yeah, that's uh, that's that. It's really really good. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. All right, then let's uh, fast forward here into video games, and we'll wrap this up here in about ten minutes. Please, <laughs> <laughs> for for your sake. All right, video games. All right, first we have new releases, and we start off with um, the world of Final Fantasy Maxima for PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. What is that? Uh, a new version of Final Fantasy. Oh, that makes sense. It, it's a... It's a <laughs> it's, I was expecting more somehow. No, it's a, one of those like mash where everyone from the series comes yeah. together. Uh, we have Deracine on the PlayStation. It's oh, French. Thanks. It's French. That sounds French. We have Tetris Effect for oh, the PlayStation. Oh, yeah. So uh, I played the demo for that. For Tetris Effect? Yes, there was a weekend exclusive demo that was only up for three days. Okay. And it's very, very, very good. It's like, imagine... How can you improve on Tetris? So imagine if Tetris and Luminez had a baby. Which was Luminez? Oh, well, okay. You, for that to work, you have to know what Luminez is. Uh, Luminez was a, uh, a game that originally debuted on PSP. It's like a puzzle game where you're dropping blocks of two colors. Okay. Um, and matching them uh, kind of in a traditional match three kind of way. Uh, but its whole thing was that it was like you're playing it with music and like every move you do with the Luminous pieces affects the music that's playing in the background at the same time. Okay. It's like that. It's oh. really, really cool. Uh, Sounds cool. So Tetris, Tetris Effect is like that plus like the music stuff and the effects stuff. There's all sorts of cool stuff coming at you from the background and stuff uh, in this as well. And so it's uh, it is also compatible with uh, PlayStation VR. Ooh, nice. So, yeah. All right. We also have Hitman 2 for PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah. And then 1111, Memories Retold for PlayStation and Ooh, Xbox. Yeah. Sounds like a remaster. Mm-hmm. All right. So, now we get to talk about the big news that happened this past weekend. What happened? Uh, at BlizzCon and how everyone was up in a riot. Yeah. It wasn't a great week for BlizzCon. Yes. Weird year, for sure. So, fans were up in arms over the new Diablo announcement. By calling it a reskin of the free-to-play mobile game, and accused the company of trying to cash in on the growing mobile game market, instead of making a game that the fans would want. Yeah. Uh, this set off angry fans everywhere, 
uh, as there had been hopes for a Diablo 4 announcement. Yeah. Um, turns out there kind of was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blizzard went on record to say, yes, we are working on Diablo 4, and yes, we made a video for announcing Diablo 4 in development. However, they did say that this was not going to premiere at BlizzCon. Um, The company is indeed working, but they will officially announce it at a later date. Um, Co-founder Alan Adham had spoke to fans about the new project. However, the plans to reveal uh, the video at BlizzCon were never solidified. Mm -hmm. So there were rumors, people were excited for it, and then when they announced this, they kind of... I guess called an audible and and said, nope, last minute, we're not going to officially announce Diablo 4. Yeah. We are working on it, but it's probably so far in advance that they don't want to cause a panic like Kingdom Hearts 3 or um, other stuff where it's so far off in the future that there's no need to announce it now. Right. They don't want to pull up last year Bethesda. Bethesda. And just be like, I don't know, here's all the stuff that's coming out in like three years. Yeah. Here's everything that we're working on, but nothing's going to come out next year except for Fallout 76. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm not really a fan of Diablo. I know it was a big thing when the PS4 was launched that they were going to do a Diablo 3 yeah, Diablo 3, yeah. But I've... I didn't play it. I'm not really a fan of Diablo, so this really didn't affect me. Yeah, I'm not really a Diablo person either. I haven't really, I was not a PC gamer back then when those were big, mm-hmm. and I didn't play a lot of the console version of 3, so, ah, this isn't for me either. <laughs> All right. Well, what is currently big is Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and much for in the toll of Rockstar, they're going to do a Red Dead Online, wherein, as data mining as foretold us, mm-hmm. you could actually buy buildings and property and own property and game stuff um, and sell, probably, right. uh, shops. Um, it has been... Um, uh, the beta for Red Dead Online will begin later this month, and uh, within the game's files are catalog purchased of about 10 different properties, uh, most of which are just currently placeholders for now. But only one uh, that they were able to get a tagline for, which is described as a, quote, rugged homeliness in the countryside. <laughs> okay. But this is, of course, said in the Old West, so that could literally be anything anywhere. <laughs> it could be literally. <laughs> so uh, it means that you can buy a house in Red Dead Online. And there's about 10 other properties you can uh, buy, but there's currently no name for them, no description, no listing. But they do have plans for 10 properties, possibly more, because this is an online uh, ordeal and they could, you know, expand this at any time. Yeah. So, if you love Red Dead, I still get to play it because it's not out on uh, Redbox yet. <laughs> of course not. And I'm not going to pay to buy it yet. Yeah. Because I didn't play the first one. I didn't play Revolver, so I have no basis for this. It's like I'll play when, I, when I'm able to play it for a weekend. Yeah. But I'm not going to spend more than $7 on it. Well, not even that, because I have a free code for it. Have you been playing it? I have not touched it yet. All right. So I cannot talk about it. Well, then let's move on to Riot Games. Them's the League of Legends people. Yes, the League of Legends people. So we reported a couple last month, a couple weeks back last month, about uh, the growing concerns uh, for... 
gender discrimination within Riot right, Games. Right, yes. Well, that's going to be a lawsuit now. Oh, boy. As uh, one current employee and one former employee have filed a class action lawsuit accusing Riot Games of gender-based discrimination mm. and fostering a men's first environment. Uh, the lawsuit comes three months after a Kotaku investigation into the sexist culture of Riot Games. Uh, they claim they were denied equal pay and found their careers stifled because they were women. Mm. Uh, moreover, the plaintiffs have also been seeing their working conditions negatively impacted because of the ongoing sexual harassment, misconduct, and bias which uh, pre- predominated the, sexual, the sexually hostile working environment of Riot Games. Uh, Riot has violated California's Equal Pay Act and law against gender-based discrimination at the workplace. Mm-hmm. That is the law they are suing under. Um, they're asking for compensation on unpaid wages, damages, and other penalties with the exact amount to be determined at trial. Mm-hmm. So this is could be good. This could be bad. This is something that needs to happen and needs to happen. Needed yeah. to happen, needs to happen, will happen. Good things to come. Yeah, it sounds positive. So as long as they're doing the work, yep, what matters. And that brings us to the last bit of gaming news. Oh, okay. The Smash Brothers. The Smash Brothers. So last Thursday there was a Treehouse, a surprise drop yeah. of new Smash Brothers news. And they included a... DLC pack of characters for $25. Uh, they did note, however, that you did not need to buy these. Right. This was an optional thing, and they didn't even need to the characters yet. Only buy it if you believe in the game, which I believe most people do. <laughs> um, however, if you pre-order the game, you will be able to purchase Piranha Plant as a playable character. Right. Note, do note, you do not need to Pre-order it, but rather purchase the game before the end of the year, or give the code uh, that you purchased it for the end of the year. Right. So if you bought it for someone for the holidays, for Christmas, they still have time to uh, obtain Piranha Plant as a playable character. Um, the DLC pack in, uh, will be five of them rolling out at six dollars a piece. Uh, they will include one new stage, one new fighter. And a couple of new tracks. So you're getting a lot for your money. Um, this is in total going to be five new stages and five new characters that Smash Brothers plans to roll out over the course of its lifetime. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is all good news. I think more characters, um, I mean, the more the merrier, right? I mean, it's a huge I, roster. There's a reason they're calling this thing Ultimate. I think 25 may be a little too much for what they're asking, a little too much for what they're offering. Initially, but if people see that it's stuff that you're going to want to play with, mm. then you're going to, you know, favorite characters coming out. But the fact that they haven't announced it, that they haven't even thought about the different characters they're going to put up there, shows that they're basically telling you now, don't buy it unless you really believe in the game, because we don't even know what we're going to create yet. Mm-hmm. Which is, that's fair, that makes sense. Yep. And that brings us to the end, and yep. I have... Quick thoughts on a game I've played. Playing a video game? Yes. Yes. I have played FIFA 19. Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, you're playing a soccer game. That's new. Um, I played FIFA 19 because 
uh, my new roommate owns FIFA 19. Got it, okay. And he's looking for someone to play with. And you were there. And I am currently there. And yeah. I'm somewhat decent on it because way back in the day when they gave out demo discs, yeah, uh, I played with my brother a lot of FIFA because they gave you uh, USA versus England and you could play an entire match. Specifically, those two teams. Right, yes. But only those but two only those teams. teams for a match. And yes. uh, we got somewhat decent at it. Never bought a FIFA game. Never fully invested in a FIFA game. But I do enjoy soccer as a spectator sport. Right. right? Playing it is fun. Yeah. Um, so FIFA 19 is actually a fun game. Uh, I have nothing to compare this to, uh, whether it's any different from FIFA 18 or anything <laughs> prior to this. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But I did like that they kept the uh, female rosters. Oh, that's good. So, so you can play as fun. your as your uh, that favorite. Was the first team I played with was okay. Who should we play? I was like I don't know, but uh, oh, they have women here. All right, I'll be <laughs> the women's team. So I played as them. It was my first game. I mm. immediately lost. I had no idea what I was doing, mm-hmm. but. I, I did find it fun, uh, the different mini-games that you play before the match in order to determine kickoff. Yeah. Um, those are, are fun. You can do training mode through it. I believe there is a story mode as well. Uh, I've yet to get into. But just basically playing it with someone else who also enjoys FIFA, uh, it's a fun game. Yeah. I, the controls aren't as complex as like hockey where I'll just get dominated in. But they're also kind of quick and easy to pick up to where I'm able to keep pace and not be just a total like, oh, this game, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Let's just not play this. Let's just go to Madden because I know that. <laughs> You're like, I know that one. I know that one by heart. But no, it's FIFA is fun and easy to pick up, especially if you're a newcomer to FIFA. Um, I like the graphics. The graphics are good. I love the engine they're working with because it's EA. Yeah. That Frostbite engine is fantastic. Um, so yeah, if you're a soccer fan and want to play a soccer game, FIFA 19, pick it up. Cool. Recommended. And that will wrap us up. And you are skirming, so I'll do, I'll plug us away. <laughs> you want to plug away? I don't know, like, I, like, I pinched a nerve or something. That's what it seems like. Yeah, like, when I can't back. get comfortable, and if I, like, lean back, it, like, it's, my, like, whole side is getting numb, I'm like... I think you need a doctor. What did I have... Maybe a physical therapist, perhaps. <laughs> All right, let, let's plug away. All right, let's plug it away. Uh, that has been the Maybe About Podcast. You can find us on YouTube when we're live. It uh, looks like we're going to be working back on Wednesday nights, and it looks like probably around 6 p.m. Yep. So let's say that, 6 p.m. Pacific time is where you can catch us live on YouTube. If you don't know what our channel is, just search YouTube or Media Boat Podcast, and you'll find us. You can also find our audio version on podcast services such as uh apple podcast just type type in media boat podcast on there and you'll find our feed you can also find us on social media we're at, at media boat cast on twitter you can find our facebook page if you search facebook for media boat podcast if you go on to twitch.tv slash media boat you'll occasionally see us playing video games and on uh, patreon.com slash mediaboat is where you can come to donate money to us. As little as a dollar a month can help making this super great content even more super great. So help us out if you can. And uh, if you want to see some of our writing, we're at mediaboatpodcast.com where we have an archive of our older 
uh, thoughts and news posts there as well. So I believe that's good. All this and more. Uh, catch us next week for another episode of yeah. the Media Book Podcast. We'll be back with more thoughts, more news. More everything. More everything. All right. right. More November. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye.